0: Hello and welcome to Rigore, the Italian football podcast that is normally hosted by at least one miserable Scotsman. Uh, I'm Marco Rinaldi, and I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi. But this week is the exception, perhaps, because uh, against all odds, both Venezia and Fiorentina managed uh, the slenderest of victories. Probably, yep. Yeah, th- this is this
1: is the Healy's comet sighting of uh, rigori podcasts, they only come along every 78 years or whatever it is, but here it is uh, both uh, both won I don't know how convincing your 1-0 was, but uh, nonetheless yeah. it felt good, especially for Fiorentina after, they have played a lot of games recently, so to keep up Um, to keep up a winning run regardless of the opponent and regardless of the margin was certainly pleasant. And I'm sure for Venezia in that sort of chronic ongoing fight against, uh, you know, as the water margin keeps rising higher and higher, a bit like Venice itself, really. The the waters keep rising higher and higher for relegation and you keep having to battle. So vital three points as well for the Lagunari.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I'll I'll definitely... um come back to that just to discuss it a bit more later on. But <laughs> um as as usual, uh, we record this on a Sunday evening. We've just seen uh, the Derby d'Italia inter UV UV win in one 0 another dubious <laughs> Rabio handball or not <laughs> handball. Um but I, I have to say I think Juve were were good value for the win ultimately. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, uh, yes, y-
1: you've alluded to the key incident in the game. There's no there's no getting round it. I mean, just for those that didn't see it, the, the ball comes through, Rabio picks it up, bounces it three times with his hand, <laughs> juggles it, passes it rugby style to uh, Duzan Vlalovic, who punches it up in the air. He tucks it under his arm, runs <laughs> forward a few yards, and then rolls it to Kostic. I mean, I went to VAR, checked it for about three and a half hours. And then decided that no infringement was made. I've been slightly flippant with that. Obviously, I think the only thing we know now that I saw some things bandied about on social media. Obviously, people have not understood that you know the, the the build up to a goal. Now, if there's a handball, that doesn't necessarily rule it out. It's only the last action. It would have been if Kostic had handled it accidentally or no. Um, you know that that would have been a, a goal that would have meant automatically that it had to be ruled out because it was earlier in the move. The question really that everyone had ask was: Was it accidental? Was it now uh, the Vlaovic one? I think was accidental. Think the but, mm. but to me, Rabio used his arm to control the ball. Yeah, he wouldn't it, have it he, would, he wouldn't like have that, controlled yeah. it as well mm. without it rolling down his arm. Now it wasn't a you know it wasn't as I say. A, uh, described it uh, 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 a little bit ironically, but uh, th- there was enough in it. I think that you know, as I say to me, that movement. And what amazes me really is in the world of three million handball penalties. Now that that wouldn't be ruled yeah. out. You know, I mean, if we if we lived in a world where I, I mean, I, I hate handball penalties. I, I would give a minuscule number if I was in the VAR cabin or if I was a referee. I still liked it when it was absolutely deliberate. You know, you almost had to do what I've described earlier. You had to stick your hand up. I mean, I remember Franco Barisi giving away a, mm-hmm. uh, getting sent off for that's the kind of sort of you know almost like kind of a a volleyball serve type. Yeah, handball. Uh, Luis Suarez that's, on the goal. Line, yeah, kind of, yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of ones. I mean, and, and you know a bit more than that, but not much more than that. Whereas now. I mean, I can't remember what game it was the other week. I watched where the the man had the ball headed onto his arm. I Manchester City during the week had... The ball was headed onto the man's arm while his back was turned from maybe half a yard away. And that was deemed to be, a, you know, a clear and obvious error, handball penalty. And then the, you know, the procession of Manchester City goals began. And, you know, this one, again, I, as I say, I don't know. It's just it's, There's no uniformity in it. And given what happened previously with was handball. I don't think it was quite as glaringly obvious as that. But still, as I say, the replays I saw, the angles I saw, it looked like that helped him control it. But, I mean, I, I, having said all of that, you're fundamentally right. Inter seemed to be looking for the referee to get them back into the game yeah. rather than rather than getting back into the game themselves. We know Juventus do what it says on the tin once they're one nil up. They're very hard to break down and they were very resolute, very impressive in defence. The the one bum note, uh, I guess, for Italy and for Juve was was chiesa coming on. He looked fresh, he looked good. He looked like, to me, like he was going to give Juve the second goal that would have put yeah, you know, the game beyond he, doubt. He looked he was, like the old he, and then. Yeah, he, he looked sharp and he's uh, you know, ideal Obviously, for the way that that Juve want to play, we've discussed it before. No need to go into it again. You know, it's not everybody's cup of tea that you know one of the wealthiest, biggest squads in Italy would sit and counterattack. But you know, they they were well worth their, their win. As I said, you know, we can get into that. Could have finished nil nil. Could easily have done that. But I felt Inter were very. Underwhelming, very disappointing, and uh, you know if if in the form of his life, then you know uh, <laughs> I don't know I don't know what the, the <laughs> stuff before it's been like if this if this is the pinnacle. Cause, um, it's wrong to pick out one player; there were a lot of players underperformed There thought so really as a team, Inter were poor, and you have to chalk it down to you know one nil to Allegri again because well, I mean- he out he outthought Inzaghi once more, and that's that's disappointing from from Inzaghi. They did have some players missing. Obviously, the European game was a tough, you know, I think Inter's game was, was tougher than the Juve's through the week, but just the same. I, I, I mean, I think the reaction of the fans well, at the end really told yeah, you what exactly. you needed you and, to know about Inter's performance, and, that it was
0: and, Yeah, it and, was and, and it, um, you know, it's their ninth defeat of the Serie A season, which as we've discussed before, as we discussed last week, really isn't good enough for a squad for a team that has the the squad that they have. Um, And actually their defeat um, allowed Lazio to step into second place if we ignore Max Allegri's imaginary table for a moment. Um, And that was in another, you know, the inter Juve game ended in a flurry of red cards and so did um, uh, The Rome Derby, uh, which is no surprise, of course.
1: It was a flurry of cards. Yeah, all the way. There were there were were more cards delivered in that game than Mother's Day cards in Britain today. (laughs) I think I I truly lost count of that of that one. It was it was absolutely great from beginning to end, and it, it produced one of the. I mean, I got to see hats off to um, Sergei Milinkovic-Savage, one of the greatest ever celebrations of getting somebody sent off I've <laughs> ever seen. It was absolutely almost more than scoring a goal. I, I'm, I have to say, I was with Dave Farrar, the, the BT commentator, I, I do find it a bit feeble to, to celebrate. I mean, I understand the, the atmosphere of the Rome Derby is, I don't think there's another Derby like it, in Italy, you know, and, and clearly, I mean, I was disappointed with this attitude, I still am, but Maurizio Sarri said, Lazio who aren't good enough to compete on two fronts, eh, maybe it was proved right to be, because they were underwhelming through the week, and, and were the only Italian team knocked out of Europe, and that was, you know, I thought, disappointing, and I, I still am of a mind that he has enough resources, he had enough players to have made a better fist of that, and still um, won won the Derby, but you know that, that, that a game again that turned on a big decision. There was nothing controversial about this decision. It was say uh, Roger over and out. Ibanez has sort of nicked him, We've nicknamed him before, I think. So um, you know, just a, an impetuous challenge. I mean, it wasn't a lot in the second one to be fair, but it was stupid when you've already won a booking. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was like the National Lottery or the Wheel of Fortune. It was just a question of how many were going to see Raid, and that came. I did not envy Davide Massa getting that. And that was like, you know, being a, the sort of the apprentice teacher and getting thrown to the lions of the the worst, you know, the worst S three class or whatever the most the most unruly pupils, um, and and lots who were probably. Um, worth Worthier when Rome did have a goal chalked off rightly for, for offside. There wasn't a lot in it. There wasn't, you know, football broke out briefly for for spells. But you can't dispute the the passion, the intensity. Mm. And as say, in the end, you know, the ends justify the means. For Sarri. He, he underplayed his hand in Europe, and he won the derby. And you know, if 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 Lazio finished second, if that's his... High as they can aspire to then you know that's that's fair enough it's not so much that they aspire to say, but as I say to me, not being you know they're no longer in the Italian Cup I, I thought they could have given a better account of themselves in Europe, but you know now he's now he's free to to concentrate on as you see without comical Allegri's interpretation of the league table as it stands they're they' are 2nd and and is it you know they're they're a good they're a good team everyone. I think all the chasing pack have their foibles, their inconsistencies, you know, that's the that's the nature of it. And you know, in Rome tonight I don't think there'll be many Laziale caring what a grumpy Scottish Italian says <laughs> about their about their efforts in the in the conference league, you know, and I guess they'll not in the unlikely event that Fiorentina go on to win that trophy. I don't think there'll be many Lazio fans care or are Jealous of the the celebrations, but as I say, just as somebody who loves Italian football, who loves Serie A, it was a shame on a night of you know or a couple of weeks of glory for for Calcio. It was a shame that Lazio let it side down. But as I say, you know the the ends justified the means. They won, you know. That's I think that's the first double they've done in a in a decade or something over Roma. So it was a it was a good good win, and it was a you know a, a, again it was a lovely goal that. As he scored, finished it very nicely. A bit unfortunate for Zaleski and the Roma defence. A bit of a slip up to to let him in, but you know they they, they did do enough to deserve it. But as you said, you know, I, I, if we wanted to list who all got yellow cards and red cards, the podcast would have to go on for about three hours. So we'll not,
0: we'll yeah. we'll, we'll move on from that. And and in that in that chase near the top, Milan lost again in the league um, to Udinese So. You know their iffy form this season continues when it looked like they might have sort of steadied the ship a bit. Um, but uh, down at the bottom of the table, I thought it was worth quickly um, having a look at Samp, who obviously put up a good fight against Uv last week, and then uh, managed to beat Verona. In... And <laughs> I don't even know if you can call it a relegation six pointer because the trouble is for them that they're so cut off these bottom three teams from the rest of the league that I am not sure there's enough time left for any of them to, to recover. It, it felt like cutting each other's
1: throats, yeah. really. I mean, it, it, it was like, you know, you can't have it, so we can't have it, or we can't have it, so you can't have it, rather. It was it was definitely a bit of that. I mean, But, you know, if fair played to Sam, they'd looked, you know, this was their first home win in, uh, I don't know, human memory, I think. You know, it was really so bad, and they'd been so poor, you know, their goal-scoring record been so atrocious that anything was going to constitute an upturn in form. It was always likely to be against uh, Verona or Cremonese or the likes that they would. But I think I think you alluded to it there, Marco, that their form has been a bit better, their football has been a yeah. bit better. I mean, you know, I saw them earlier in this season and I thought this team were abject, you know, and really it couldn't happen to... A Nicer president, really, and and and, and the, the the man that they've had in charge. So you know, in a way, I thought they, it was a, it was a shame for the club because I've got a lot of fondness for Sampdoria. They're, you know, they represented Italy in Europe well, and they're a, they're a good good team. Um, but you know, they did look completely abject. But they have actually shown some signs of life. I, I fear. It's too little, too late. Um, But but you never know. I mean, there are teams now that are really struggling for for form in in Serie A. And it could be that, you know, if they can go on a tear and and get... It's really going to have to be quite something exceptional, though, compared to what they've produced for the rest of the season. But, you know, I'm not quite... Um, administering the last rites, as I was previously, it would it would still be a long shot, but at least there are roads available on it now. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and b- before we leave Syria, um, do you want to say any more about Fiorentina's? Victory. Well, I do, I do. but I mean, there's
1: two things in that. One, one Lecce's form really has has dipped a lot, which which maybe is a thing that gives Sampdoria hope. Although, I you know, I, I've praised Lecce before and I would praise them again. Their attitude in Florence was good. They were not a team, and maybe this cost them, they were not a team that came just to sit in and defend and play on the break. They came to put Fiorentina under a bit of pressure to try to play their... Their football and you know they they didn't get the rewards. Fiorentina had a few slip ups, but were, were fairly fairly comfortable. But what I mean, what what stuck out to me was that earlier in the season, Fiorentina would inevitably balls this game up in some way, shape or form. Be that at losing it or certainly you know not holding on to the lead once they 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 took it. I mean, I felt sorry for the. The boy that scored, he's been called up to the Italy Under-21 squad but turned the ball into... It was a lovely cross from Sapunara, turned into his own net and that, that was a shame for them. I think Fiorentina were worth the win globally but it was the first time... I, I, I mean, it, there's there's stats and stats because obviously Lecce haven't been in Serie A that much. Fiorentina have had their spells out of it but it was actually the first time in 17 years that Fiorentina have beaten Lecce in Serie A in Florence. And the last time they did, Luca Toni scored the goal. So that shows you how long ago... it is. This is, I mean, in this season, even, you know, in recent memory, an unprecedented run of form for Fiorentina. And that's, you know, across Europe, across the Copa um, and across Serie A. It does give me the regrets that I've mentioned before about, you know, if only they could have done this sooner. But uh, I think there are signs that, you know, some key players, uh, Artur Cabral, Lee although he wasn't playing today, ni- neither of them were in fact, they'd, they'd neither of them started. But, you know, there are signs that some of the players that they've signed or you know, players that they expected more from are starting to deliver. So, I don't know what the, as I say, I think the European places are probably gone in the league, but, you know, they've still got the um, Italian Cup two-legged semi-final against Cremonese, which they've got to believe they can they can win and you know they've got this tin pot competition that Lazio don't like but you know they are still they're still in it so you know it's it's it, I, I think it's just they're starting to deliver a bit more what a lot of people expected of them, and I expected of them at the at the start of the season it's it wasn't it wasn't outstanding to, but they got the job done and that was something that wouldn't have happened earlier in the season for sure mm-hmm
0: and, and uh, as we as we mentioned at the start, in the shock of all shocks, uh, Venezia won as well this weekend, uh, making the, the Rigori podcast double. Um, it was another 1-0 win. It was, I, I I have to start this with an admission that I didn't actually watch the game live. Um, I missed it, which maybe tells you something. Maybe I should miss more games. But um, it, yeah, it, it wasn't, an assured victory from by all accounts uh, it was a you know last minute goal but i think if we we started badly we were on the back foot for a lot of the first half i think and then got ourselves back into the game and according to those that watched it that i've, I've read and, and and heard from that you know cheryshev once again he came on as a sub this time and it was it wasn't so much his is his play um on the ball but it was more his free kick taking his dead ball play that made a difference. He can actually take a corner that passes the first man, and his was the free kick that um, that 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 we scored from in the last it, minute. So.
1: Chalhounoglu should have a word with him, <laughs> yeah, I think. Exactly. And and Therese, they should get him training with him. Um, with but uh, I,
0: you know, I I think um, it, apart from anything else, it was absolutely vital to win because we had results like um, Cosenza beating Frosinone. And uh, Perugia won, you know. So the trouble is that everyone else is starting to win a few games, which goes to show with what we've always said, which is that there isn't much between any of these teams in Serie B. Um, so despite that victory, which was vital, uh, we still are in the playoff places. We're still in sixteen. Well, the the play out places, as they call them, uh, for relegation, sixteen position, um, only four points away from the the straight. Relegation places, but then again, we're only nine points off the playoff places. So <laughs> that, you
1: know. it's, it's, that's just typical Serie B. It is a mad cap debate. and with with the the playoff and play out stretching so far as mm. well, you know, it does mean that um, your season is alive and, and good and bad for a for a for a long way. I mean, I was going to ask Marco, who are the teams now at this moment that you're pinning your hopes on, most of all to be worse than Venezia from now to the end of the season to well, to keep them up or, or or are you more optimistic than that, that that Venezia can can get the results they need to make it not be a not be a case of, of kinda of depending on others doing badly?
0: I mean I I think you know I, I think we are good enough to stay up and I wouldn't you know I there's not a lot of teams that we've played this season that I've thought they're a better team than us. It's just that we have made stupid errors or we just can't finish or create chances, and enough chances for and Paolo to finish. But, you know, I would have said Cosenza was one of those teams, but they have hit a little run of form, and obviously beating Frosinone doesn't help. To me, Spal and Benevento look like they're going the wrong way in terms of, um, you know, form and, and momentum and stuff. So, you know, if, if, we, if we hope that they're gone... Braysha aren't in great form either. Although they looked okay to me when when we played them, um, the the trouble is it's also closely packed. That it, 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 it takes a week or two of bad results, and suddenly you're yeah, back in the mire again.
1: Yeah. Although although it's funny, I think that you mentioned teams where there's a lot of sort of behind the door stuff that you know. There's a lot of backroom stuff that's. Yeah. Chaotic there, I guess, because you know, there's two teams there that appointed big name managers and it didn't work out. And then, Brescia, obviously, there's a lot of dislike of their owner as well. And it's funny how these things, you know, ultimately they do transmit to the pitch players. You know, you do get a lot of players saying, No, no, we don't, you know, it doesn't affect us. We don't, you know, when we go out on the pitch, we're just playing a game of football. But I think the reality is that it does. And if you pull the plug on, you know, Especially the 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 Rossi project at Spao, you know, yeah. if you if you pull the plug on that, it doesn't smack of of long term planning. Really, you know, you made him; he was like a marquee signing, and then as soon as things went bad, you you, you get rid. Then you know, it's interesting to see that that, as I say, the turmoil off the pitch. Whereas now that you know now that. You've settled your scores with the social media department at Venezia. It's it's all sweetness and light on the lagoon these days, you yeah, know. So a, you're all you're all pulling in the same direction. Are, in,
0: in all seriousness, there are more people in the stadium now, um, since all of that happened. And I think that must make a difference, albeit our home form still isn't great. But <laughs> um, you know, at least they know they've got the support of more than about four hundred people, which which must help the players a little bit. But um, before we go, I did want to touch on. Obviously, we've we, we've been buoyant about our own teams winning, but um, it wouldn't be the rigori podcast without some pessimism. And for that, I'm reaching to the uh, the national teams, uh, the the international games, uh, and obviously Italy play England and Malta in the upcoming break. And you said earlier that there wasn't great news for Mancini. Chiesa came on then off. Di Marco also had to go off for Inter. So those are two blows. He was already struggling for f- strikers. You know, if you look at the um, Capo Cagnonieri list, in the, there's hardly an Italian in it. And uh, that has led to the call-up of uh, a young Argentinian, Matteo Ritegui who, you know, I'm interested to see what he's like, but it, it's, a, it's a shot in the dark, it seems to me, to, to it, pull this it, guy it, in from it, nowhere.
1: It definitely is, it definitely is I mean this he says he's been monitoring him for a while and you know, obviously as all good researchers do immediately he was called, have I Googled to see a showreel with the obligatory terrible soundtrack yeah, to it and that's right. um, you know that's just compulsory kind of listening so you, you know you, you think can I actually listen through this to watch <laughs> what the players like it's so awful but he looks I mean he looks like what they need obviously yeah. I mean I think we know what they need What or what they don't have is a target man he looks you know he looks Aggressive, he looks, you know, strong, and and would be a, a kind of focal point for the attack. And that's where, you know, Immobile wasn't that anyway; wasn't that strong, but he was a focal point. But he's no longer uh, an option for injury or whatever. So, you know, not going to have him for a while. I Think, you know, maybe he's had his chance anyway. Um, so, so then, you know, Bellotti only plays sparingly. The kind of the Scamaca started off okay, has disappeared without a trace. And I did look at, you know, you mentioned the Capo Ganonieri table. I mean, Zaccagni has, yeah. is, I mean, he's not an out-and-out striker, obviously.
0: He's one that, And he's not he's, been called up, know. No, aye, ah, <laughs>
1: exactly. So, he'll not be scoring any goals in these games. Um, you know, so he's the top scorer in Italian. When you, if you actually scroll down to find the sort of first, what I would call, out-and-out number nine, it's none other than our favourite briefly appearing Juventus substitute Moise Keane he's got the most goals with five but I don't think anyone in their right mind would have been calling for him to, to lead the line for the Azzurri so that is an issue I mean, Mancini's shown himself to be able to be creative, to come up with other formula, and you know, and I think you know, he's, he he feels happy with the midfield, which you know, I think with some justification there are you know a number of top level performers yeah. in there, and that, that's why he said, you know, because I, I mean, you know, my love of Fagioli, um, both as a player and as a dish, um, and but he said he was happy to leave him to the under twenty ones because we don't need more midfielders, but what he thinks we do need, I mean, and he even looked at somebody in the Romanian league, I think, um, you know, which shows how, with with the greatest respect, it shows how, you know, kind of why he's casting the net. I don't have a problem with that. And I certainly don't have a problem as a, you know, a a grandchild of Italian immigrants. I certainly don't have a problem with that kind of, call up either so you know it's a, it is a suck it and see if he if turns out to be a great goal scorer for Italy then we'll all be happy but it is a sign of the times that they just you know the, the great Italian bomber the the Christian Vieri or Luca Toni or whatever or even you know, Pippo Inzaghi yeah. uh, even Pippo in different style you know I mean I think I think I get the feeling what he's looking for is the big man yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, seems yeah. to be because you know okay I mean again Raspadori I think another man who's struggling for, for fitness too you know there, there are Nyonto, there are players who play up front who score goals Um, you know but they're not quite that you're not quite that focal point of a you know if you're playing a four three three, I think ideally you want someone through the middle that can bullet in a it's a shame it's not like rugby really and you couldn't naturalise Victor Osime and, and you know <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. uh, he's lived he's I think he's lived in Italy for a fortnight so <laughs> under under rugby rules he would probably be eligible to play, you know. But sadly sadly not I mean what a header of the ball. Just a quick yeah. aside yeah. on on that that I've mentioned it before but I have to mention it again that it's just they're not much better in world football at the moment than watching him head the ball. So you know it's someone like that is what he's seeking, but we don't have anyone like that. So come on, Matteo, that's what I yeah, see. Yeah, if we that, can, if absolutely. we can deliver that, then that would be fantastic. But we we await and see, and uh, with with
0: some trepidation. Yeah, and and the the only the only other, I mean, we haven't touched on the defence, which is a big worry for me. That frankly, that Bonucci is still there to to lead it which I, I just don't understand i understand from the dressing room point of view but from the actual on the pitch point of view i can't really understand and there really is a to me scalvini looks quite good um but untested but then you're you know he's called up romagnoli who is okay you know we, we and a cherby again it the same is it, it's we it, are. there's a there's a dearth of options there as well. Yeah, we
1: are a country for old men. Yeah, in exactly. The, in, yeah, this, yeah, in the defensive yeah. case, when I looked at it, I thought, you know, that's that's ageing and potentially creaking. And, you know, against a young a, an enthusiastic forward line like England will probably throw at us. Um, you know, I still think, you know, the one thing I would say that gives me some hope is that, it's from Europe, really, that. Italy's shown, again, that even with meagre resources, really, compared to, you know, a lot of the teams they're playing against, they they can do something, they didn't concede, Fiorentina were the only team that let the stride down, really, in that regard, and conceded a goal, but, um, you know, so we can do, we can... Um, you know, make a make a, a a good a good dish out of meagre ingredients. Yeah. That's a, that's an Italian treat in so many ways. But um but it, yes, I mean nonetheless, looking at the line up you're thinking, well, you know, I wish there were more um exciting and and youthful options really in that in that defence to kinda um, give us more hope going forward. But it is what it is and, you know, I've said before in Manchu we trust. You know, I think he's earned. He's earned a lot of credit despite the despite the the World Cup qualification debacle. You know, he's shown that he can come up with innovative solutions, and and you know, he recreated a group before. So hopefully, he can do that again. And you know, this this squad is another stage in post. He does like to cast the net very wide, and you know, hopefully, hopefully that net will land us a few. Big and tasty fish in the, in in the years to come.
0: Definitely. Well, um, we, we've rambled on enough, um, so we will we will bring this to a close. We will not be here next week. We're not going to do a podcast after the Italy game. After having attempted that as an experiment last season, it did not work out well for us or Italy. So um, we, we will be back when uh, the leagues uh, come back as well, and we hope for. Italy to be sitting on six points in their group in that stage, but if you've enjoyed the podcast, um, make sure and rate and review us, get, tell your friends, subscribe, follow, all of that sort of stuff. That that makes a big difference to us. Absolutely, and forza,
1: Matteo Ritegui.
0: Indeed.